You are tuning in for episode 9 of the Audio Autopsy Podcast. As usual, my name is Mason Marshall. Joining me again, it's Martin Thompson. Hey there. Uh, why don't you tell us uh, exactly how we're doing? Uh, we're getting close to episode 10. Big double digits. But we also have some like quadruple digits going yeah. on, don't we? We're sitting at like 960-some plays on the SoundCloud, but if you include Apple plays, we've broken 1,000 plays. That's exciting that stuff. That is exciting. So, so thank you guys for uh, supporting us. Uh, if any of you are interested, next week there's a possibility of us recording live. Um, what we use is Google Hangouts, and you can drop in and check out, check us out anytime while we're recording next week if you guys are interested if no one's really interested that's fine we'll just do another regular episode for episode 10 but we're thinking of doing something live with uh you you know on sunday around noonish next week with you guys interacting like an open phone line on a radio station yep so uh we'll put the link out to that hangout on facebook and twitter and our website yep so if you are interested in that just let us know on facebook or soundcloud or however you want to speak reach out to us but let's talk about what we did this last week. So we mentioned that we wanted to go camping, but we sort of realized Sunday night that we have no camping gear. Um, so That's true. So string of burglaries later, a couple hot wiring of cars and a stolen canoe, and we found ourselves in the Boundary Waters. Yeah. Actually, um, we ate bear. Um, Not a bear. Just yeah. a Our dog, dog named bear. bear. Yeah. But uh, we also ate a bear, actually. Didn't we? I forget. We tackled it, I think, if I remember correctly. Ah, so much stuff happened. Anyway, we were at the Boundary Waters this last week. But uh, the important part of all this musically is that Mason and I shared a car ride for five and a half hours up there and five and a half hours back. And so, the car that we uh, hotwired just so happened to have a bunch of music on it, actually. Right, all these mixtapes of stuff we already know how to mm-hmm. listen to. They had the Buddy Guy album. Fantastic coincidence. Yep. They had the Django album. It was phenomenal. It was, yeah. But... Um, so what else did we listen to on the way up there, actually? Uh, we did a little Donnie Trumpet in the Social Experiment. Yep, uh, so that's Chance the Rapper. That's the Surf album. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll break it down after we just say what uh, else. Let's see. Cherub, we've already talked about Year of the Caprice, but they also have an album Mom and Dad that we listened to. Yep, and that was the one before Year of the Caprice. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually we listen to Twenty One Pilots, but at this point, I think we need to talk about when we don't listen to Twenty One Pilots because we listen to them all the time. Yep, every so week. <laughs> just assume if we don't say it that we have listened to them. We'll <laughs> we'll specify otherwise. Yeah. Um, we also listen to the Buddy Guy and the Django album because yep. they had eight tracks with them on there as well. We listen to uh, Macklemore's The Heist. The Heist. Yep. Listen to Major Lazer's album. Um, really surprisingly similar to our own personal tastes. We found the great car to steal. But the one gem was they had a cassette of the Pizza Underground. Mm, that was, like, that's beautiful. What is this? It's, what, a what? Very, it's a very eclectic, heady, etheric, just... It kind of it stunned me when I first listened yeah. to it. We had to look up the history of it, but... Started about two years ago, uh, Macaulay Culkin and some of his friends have a Velvet Underground tribute band that does pizza-themed music. If you don't know who Macaulay Culkin is, he's the Home Alone kid. And nothing else. So Until now, he's a rock star. He is a major rock star. 
I think they tried to go on tour last year, um, and when they were in the UK, they were booed off stage and had drinks thrown at them. So that r- rocky start. They've got they're getting two there, or three songs though, and really weird apparel. But it's about pizza. Yeah, oh, exclusively, so- like not just the occasional line about pizza. It's like exclusively about eating pizza and sharing pizza and making pizza rolls, and that's literally it. And it's it's it really. Not, it, it knocked me on my ass, basically. Yeah. It made me rethink life. The Take a Walk on the Wild Side never really got to me, but the song Take a Walk on the... Or Take a Bite of the Wild Slice? Yeah. Changed my perspective I, on it's so many unbelievable. things. Yeah. Unbelievable. But, um, We're thinking about starting a secondary podcast devoted specifically to their doings. Every once, you know, every 50, 100 years or so, there comes a group that's just so revolutionary. The Beatles yep. is, is one. And I would say the Pizza Underground is the next Beatles. <laughs> is the next Beatles? Um, they're so forward-thinking; it's unbelievable. Yeah, I doubt they'll get the recognition they deserve until they maybe all die. twenty years ago or twenty years <laughs> from now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then we'll we'll sort of like uncover the gems. People will finally realize exactly what, they what missed. they've missed. Yeah, it's unbelievable stuff. It really is. Um, Check them what out. else? Listen to, uh, yeah, we listened to Major Lazer's new album with Mo, Pieces Ellie Goulding, Arianda. That's yeah. got Lean On, all sorts of stuff on it. We kind of had a Diplo theme. We talked about Diplo a bit last podcast, but uh, he's definitely been on a roll. Um, he's a producer who, uh, or DJ. Yes, both. I mean, yeah. like. I don't think he necessarily produced all these songs, but he did. No, he he produced he Lean On and yep. he produced um, Where Are You Now? Where Are You Now? You're probably familiar with these. They're pretty J. Biebs and Mo, and uh, he's got a very found style of uh, sort of a house trap kind of um, beat that he lays on after chorus of you know j beebs where are you now or mm-hmm. moe's lean on and it's yeah. good stuff i feel uh he sort of engineers sort of sounds and then like shows them to artists or takes tracks recorded by artists and mixes his stuff into it and so he's he's pretty uh accomplished producer and speaking of where are you now actually that takes us to a good next segment of the podcast um the vmas happened last week they happened after we recorded, unfortunately. But where where are you now? One best visual effects. Um, why don't you break it down for us? What exactly they did in the video? Sure. So um, the verses where Justin Bieber is just singing. He's kind of standing in a room. Um, that's nothing profound. But there's the musical chorus where Skrillex and Diplo have their signature musical style come out, and I I don't know how to mimic it. Um, it's that's hard when you're not a machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprisingly and uh there's choreography with Justin Bieber dancing there and I think what they did is they filmed it and then they took each frame and opened it up to the public to draw like magic marker over it and so it's just this like cavalcade of insane drawings and cartoons and like what you do in a yearbook and give people like eyebrows and missing teeth and stuff like that or wings or something people did that with like brilliant colors and good art and all, just crazy and yeah, so like 10,000 frames kind yes. of, of Justin Bieber's and it was like a two minute dance of him with art on him it was mm-hmm. it was fascinating it, it really looks good and it's a great sounding song so I think that definitely deserved to win 
best visual effects. And I think a lot of the awards turned out, I mean, about how you'd expect. Pretty reasonable. Yep. Uh, well, what you'd expect is the right term. Um, you've got the list there? Yeah. So kind of as anticipated, uh, Bad Blood won to- twice, Blank Space won twice, Anaconda got best hip hop. Uh, Bad Blood won overall. It won yep. overall best video. Yep, overall best video. Um, thankfully, OK Goes, I Won't Let You Down, won best choreography. That's the one where they recorded at like 3 eighth speed on little Honda yep. unicycle things. And then with sped it up. That was and, so cool. Uh, one continuous take. That must have taken. Uh, fantastic. Um, Let's see. Kanye West won Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award and in his acceptance speech. I'm sure you've heard all about that. That's where he announces. He went insane like usual. Yep, but whatever. That's him, and that's not the content for this In case you didn't hear, I think we should say that again. Martin said Kanye West is going to run for president, and nobody knows if he's being an idiot, making a joke, or being an idiot and being serious. (laughs) So... Um, best art direction went to Snoop Dogg, So Many Pros, and while I love Snoop Dogg, I get that it's like a Marlboro commercial and like a 007 tribute, but it's yep. like, it's just, what, what it looks video? like is just a bunch of like 80s action films and like Marlboro and Camel commercials, just like clip after clip after clip, yep. all in different art styles. and Bond girls holding golden guns. Yep. It's like, okay, all right. Um, One Man Can Change the World. Uh, by Kanye West, Big Sean was the best video with a social message. That's uh, as expected. Best editing went to Beyonce's Seven Eleven, which I mean is a really again, pointless video. But I, you know, it is if it it they did make it look like it was shot on a phone mm-hmm. very successfully. So sure, and that's I think when we first mentioned it, we we're like, this was shot on a phone. This is a GoPro on a selfie stick. What's going on here? And so I kind of still don't know. Yeah, whatever. Um, what about Kendrick's? Oh, uh, All Right got Best Direction, and he won another one, didn't he? He won... Never Catch Me for Best Cinematography. Um, but Uma Thurman from by Fall Out Boy won Best Rock Video. Just a shame, because Churches... Um, no, Take Me to Church. Got was, so much more. Was also it. nominated. Yeah. Um, Walk the Moons... Shut, Shut up, up and, and dance. dance. That was a fun video. Both of those are better songs. And better and videos. probably better videos. <laughs> Definitely take me to church. Speaking of disappointments, though, there's another award given out for artists to watch, sort of like an emerging artist award, and it was given out to Fetty Wap, and uh, he's the one-eyed rapper, if you're unfamiliar. Um, that'll give you kind of a good image of who he is if you have seen him around, but uh, he beat out George Ezra and uh, Vance Joy. Also James Bain, FKA Twigs. Yeah, but but the former two, I believe, should have, in my personal opinion, should have received it. Yeah, they're definitely more in my musical wheelhouse. Like that's the the style I enjoy more. Yeah, like we've Trap Queen is the song associated with Fetty Wap's emergence, yep. um, and why he's the artist to watch. And it's, I don't know, I've listened to his stuff and some other tracks by him, and it's nothing. Terribly groundbreaking. No. But George Ezra does have Ian McClellan in a music video, so I don't know how you can be beat if you yeah, got that. I thought that was the golden bullet, but apparently not. Yeah. All right. What else do we have? So we've got Taylor Swift winning best overall. Yeah. 
that's bad blood. Okay. That. Other than that, a lot of crazy stuff happened. Miley Cyrus is insane, like always. Um. Also, best female video did not go to Sia's electric uh, elastic heart. So sorry, Shia LaBeouf, you did not get best female video. Unfortunately, he always has my vote. So, <laughs> um, but let's go to what we had last week for albums. The albums, yeah. sure. So I uh wanted Mason to listen to Buddy Guy's new album, Born to Play Guitar. I was born to play the guitar. People, I got blues running through my veins. We were in a car for 11 hours together, so that meant that I was going to listen to it as well, so that worked out nicely. It's something like Buddy Guy's 73rd album. It's crazy. If you don't know who Buddy Guy is, let's break it down. Buddy Guy sure. is a one of the kings, modern kings of blues. Mm-hmm. So go back. He was... I'm sure you've heard of BB King. BB King is the undisputed yeah, king of blues. No question. Um, died later this earlier this year in May, I believe. BB King did. They were kind of best friends. They grew up and kind of grew together, and um, so they were touring, not touring together, but they performed together a lot, and they always hung out, helped each other grow. And um, Buddy Guy is a one of the forefathers of rock as well. Yeah. His style kind of um we'll we'll go into deeper but just if you listen to it he's a heavy electric guitar he can scream on the strings and um i mean his album's called born to play guitar there you go but yeah, he uh, started as a house musician for the record label that muddy waters recorded with originally yep. um muddy waters is again one of those like titans of blues yeah he's just, he's back pre-50s era yep and bb king and buddy guy are post 50s yeah i think uh Buddy Guy started putting out albums in the 60s, and then this is his 73rd. He just yeah. hasn't stopped for 50 years. That's amazing. That's fantastic. That's like, more is, than an album a year. That's Yeah, exactly. That speaks to a time when it wasn't uh, artists took, you know, two years off to make an album and do all that. It was just like every every nine months, yeah. let's get something out there. Well, and not everyone could... <laughs> that's just incredible. That part, part of what makes him great was yep. doing that. And Mason hit on this a little... Trying to categorize these into what style of blues and what they caused and how they influenced is tough. Um, if you ever go to any sort of fan base and say, now define your genre against other genres, it's you're going to have gray areas. But you can kind of classify people in time and location. So Delta Blues started at like the turn of the 20th century in the Louisiana Delta area. Yep. And that was simple. That was... An acoustic guitar. Born from the fields kind yep. of thing. You're on a you, you've got that very like simple you're playing in the corner of a house, you're at the local bar, that kind of feel, you know, just two people in a guitar basically. Um, and then that's sort of developed over time into Louisiana blues, which is different. It has more uh of a musical backing, like a piano. Um, it has it's, horns. It's a saxophones. bigger kind of. It's a bigger sound. So more musicians. Delta's a very personal, like from the birth of blues. And if you, you know, blues was kind of born in the fields of the plantations, and then they sang the songs to get them through the day of just shitty life. And then it's it's evolved into this wonderfully huge genre yeah. of so much great music. And you know, Buddy Guy mm-hmm. and BB King are just, a, you know, two of the headstones of tons of it but um 
So, so that, yeah, Louisiana blues was there. And then in like the forties and fifties, um, musicians trickled North to Chicago and Chicago blues is more where buddy guy finds his niche. Chicago blues is distinct, um, in a more electric guitar, full band in a traditional sense, like percussion and other guitars, a modern day band sense. It's a precursor to rock. Eric Clapton uh, was kind of like born from that. And all like the rock we know today kind of comes from Chicago blues in part. Again, these are like not clear divisions. There's exceptions to every rule. And I'm sure a blues fanatic would find fault in at least three things I just said. But yeah. Like and the, you can, it's the rough idea. And Martin said, you know, Eric Clapton, Eric Clapton is actually associated with buddy guy a bit. They've, they've mm-hmm. done some stuff together and he's definitely a blues folk rock, you know, a very straight progression, but you can also Led Zeppelin is a heavy blues rock, um, kind of revolutionary group. And they're they're much heavier than Eric Clapton, but then that's another birth of, part of the evolution. Yeah, part of the evolution, and it's just a lot of this music has come from blues and rock, and it's kind right. of expanded into almost everything nowadays. You forget your the the roots, but it's really interesting to study, even if there aren't any clear answers. Uh, but you brought up the question while we were kind of researching this, like, well, what is what is Diplo then? Did he like come from the modern modem and dial up the sounds or yep, what? Yep. Um, it doesn't have quite the elegant history of of rock and. But I bet it will. I bet once we oh, yeah. you know go forward ten there's years, there's always to look the back. there's always the premiere. Like Skrillex was definitely one of the yeah. forefather. He he'll probably be looked down as one of the forefathers of dubstep, which will sure. probably be around for a long time. Like drum and bass and trap and that kind of stuff definitely existed, but Skrillex helped make that mainstream, and we sort of like witnessed that five ish years ago, wasn't no, it something Daft, like that? Yeah, something like that. But Daft Punk also was one of the first house groups, mm-hmm. and they were one of the first people to. Um, so Peter Frampton put his voice in a guitar box, and he's kind of famous for that. But then Daft Punk really did whole albums under, uh, you know, these change boxes. But this is kind of taking it back to these revolutionary groups. And so Muddy Waters, BB King, Buddy Guy, Daft Punk, Skrillex, whatever, all kind of birthing. Probably you know, the first time those five people have been said in the same sentence. It's weird, but it's that's just kind of the you know, a few contemporary groups to look at yeah that and it's interesting to think to. that we are witnessing like new genres kind of subgenres at this point like kind of get carved out um so we'll see what diplo how he's remembered how skrillex is remembered yep but back to the blues we've got we've got delta chicago louisiana new orleans these are all kind of in a core group mm-hmm. that have all branched off each other and buddy guys more of the mostly chicago blues right. so when you listen to this say to yourself, this is what Chicago blues is, and it'll just be so much easier to understand. Right. <laughs> That's the sim- Take that simplistic as version of it. truth. Yep. Just leave it there. And then if you want to bring up Zydeco, like we did in episode two, talking about Sonny Landreth, that just complicates what Louisiana blues is yep. and Cajun music. Then that's a whole, that's a whole nother <laughs> side of it. A whole nother thesis statement. But, um, so yeah, Buddy Guy, B.B. King, grew up together sort of thing. Buddy Guy's new album, 73rd album, you said? Yeah. <laughs> um, born to play guitar. Really good core classic blues. He is one of the greats, and you can hear it mm-hmm. in this album. He can just, he's over, he's like 85 years old, and he's just, he's still screaming on the guitar and on the mic, and it's, it's incredible how 73 albums later, 80 plus years old, and is still just a rocker. Ro- yeah. Yep. <laughs> And I'm not 100% certain if we've talked about this before, but there's a kid named Quinn Sullivan. He's about 16 years old now, and uh, he started singing blues at 13 years old, 
or younger actually and he has toured with buddy guy and he's just he's just incredibly talented and knows how to play and sing blues ever since he was like 11 years old Mm -hmm. and went on a national tour with buddy guy and uh also you know if you like this buddy guy album out like this buddy guy album check out quinn sullivan's albums you can find them on apple music spotify youtube all over the place and one of them is talking about how he learned from buddy guy and it's inspired him to do what he's doing now but uh i gave martin last week the Django Unchained soundtrack. And this is kind of special to me because I love Quentin Tarantino's work. It's very personal. I also love all, all his uh, music. I agree with the latter half. I, I The yeah. music is killer, which I'm glad he, this is a musical podcast. He always finds just great music for his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did you think about the album? The mix of... Oh, sure. Let's talk about that. Uh, self-described. Quentin Tarantino describes it as eclectic, which is like the perfect term for it. Yep. Um, because we have samples from Spaghetti Westerns. We have Rick Ross. We have classic jazz musicians. Uh, we have John Legend. We have Jim Croce. Like Tupac. Yeah. We uh, Dialogue from the movie. We go just about everywhere on this. Yeah. It's... There's like quite a few songs that are not included from the movie that are not included on the album, which I don't know why they did this, but that's the way it is. So we listened to about 13 songs, and there's about 15 or so that were or 10 that are not included in the sure. album that are still in the movie. Um, I think it's because we tried to do it through legal means, like well, it, even if you look on pirated. even if you look on Wikipedia, it says not included on the album. Really? Yeah. Oh, never mind. So kind of dumb, but. Uh, really good and it's if you've seen the movie it just fits flows so mm-hmm. well one of them like the t- sort of title of the movie is Django yep. it's based on an old movie called Django and which had a theme song called Django which fits both of these movies just phenomenally it's a uh spaghetti western which is that Clint Eastwood was in about a thousand of these movies they're yep. just you know, you pulp action is another uh like similar idea where you just you churn out as many as you possibly can spaghetti westerns are all these westerns and it sort of became like an american movie trope mm-hmm. even though a lot of them were made in italy um and django big one but what's interesting about including it in this film is part of the reason i like quentin tarantino's soundtrack creation abilities because django the old spaghetti western has the traditional white male rugged american protagonist and now django is about a freed slave you know exacting his vengeance upon so many similar people as that first movie that's one of the it's just genius like a way to like juxtapose those two things around this same song yeah that's one of the beautiful things about the album and the movie it's kind of a perfect love and forgiving letter to the slave era so if if you watch the movie he exacts the most perfect revenge you could imagine on the slave owners you know this instead of being the white rugged cowboy it's the black slave who takes up and wins and this this album perfectly fits that and it's a it's just a different you know well somebody else wins Mm -hmm. and it's it's great and this is sort of getting into a different level of uh complexity than like our normal music coverage because this has the context of the movie around it just including this song the Django main theme is like that doesn't mean anything until you pair it with this movie. Yep. And then 
Tupac. Yeah, it's really good. And his name is King. And just, yep. it's all good. Um, both of these albums, though, are definitely worth a listen to. Definitely, if you do listen to Django, have watched the movie or watch the movie afterwards, though. Right. Because um, that's one of the big things about his uh, curating, Quentin's curating. Unfortunately, this week, we are unable to bring you a word from our sponsors. I will give it to Martin to tell you why. You may remember that a few weeks ago, we had beekeeperlinda.blogspot.com as our main sponsor. The following week, we had some less-than-kind words and hosted a 16-ounce aerosol spray can of insecticide. Well, unfortunately, Beekeeper Linda filed an official cease-and-desist letter with the FCC as per our podcast continual use of sponsors. Until this all gets sorted out, we're not sure if we can continue doing this and... Wait. Mason, look outside. Yeah? Do you, uh... Do you know anybody who drives a black Escalade? Not unmarked. Not four of them. (laughs) So... Probably not somebody who drives an Apache helicopter either. No. What is going on? Oh my god, I bet it's... Oh god, who is it? Oh my... Wait. Jesus Christ. What, what's going on? I... Hide the equipment, holy shit. Okay. I got it, I got it. Where do we go? Oh, Bo, Bo. Okay, we come to you from under Mason's couch. I think we, it's safe here. I think we can continue. There are dozens of pairs of large black boots patrolling the grounds and search teams on the first and second floor of his house, but... Right now, we're underneath the love sofa. It's so fitting, because Cherub's album, Mom and Dad, I think, carried actually like a fair degree of affection. <laughs> yeah, that was... um. It was an interesting album. They're very sexually driven. They're like all the trope things you want to say in pop music, but don't. They just work them all into a song. But Mom and Dad, I think it's their second album. At least yep. it's, it's the album before their most recent one. And you can just tell that their musical style has really matured between Mom and Dad and Year of the Caprice. Year of the Caprice is definitely, in my eyes, the album they wanted to make. Yes. And they finally developed the skills, got the right technology and the right producer, mm-hmm. right la- record label, whatever. It all came together for Year of the Caprice. It's yeah. such a good album. Yeah. Um, so. But uh, lyrically, they're actually pretty good. Uh, um, it's, I'm so torn. It's very I'm poppy, so but it's better than, than your regular... I think you're biased. I don't know. I'm, well, I mean, I like them. And that's why, I mean... Sure. That's why you think they're better. But yeah. it's... Uh, it's blatant. It's brass. We sing about. It's like anything. Like I was saying earlier, anything a pop song or rap would allude to. This just flat out says mm-hmm. in like plain English. Yep. Um, Doses and Mimosas is their big breakaway song from this. It actually was on Mom and Dad, but they re-released it on Year of the Caprice. The exact same recording, right? As well. Yeah. Um, sounds but better that's, on Year uh, of the Caprice because it's a better album. Yeah, <laughs> better in context. But that's just like a big middle finger like a lot of people like the taylor swift shake it off and the haters songs this is just like a giant middle finger but in plain english yep listen to it it's a phenomenal album i love it um listen to it a lot 
for the past like two months and yes. listen to it every week <laughs> um yeah mom and dad just didn't have as an album anything that really stood out besides doses and mimosas i think like the last few songs kind of came around they i don't know okay. if that showed like a linear progression in creation and style and maturity um it definitely but you're the caprice you can definitely tell that they've matured into their what they wanted to be It'd be interesting to talk to a longtime fan of theirs and say, like, do you like what they're doing now? You know, do you do you see this the same way? Are you like, yes, finally, this is the music they wanted to make. It's bigger and it's better. Or do you feel like you're losing some of their artistry? That personal sound kind yeah, of. Yeah, maybe. Of, yeah. Um, Surf, Donnie Trumpet, talked yeah. about a little bit earlier. Um, I've been listening to that one for months. It's one of the first songs I actually did a SoundCloud on. There's a song called Sunday Candy on it, which was the song... Uh, earworm is what i meant to say which is the song i did the earworm on two months ago or so um really good album yeah um it was it's a with donnie trumpet and the social experience which is chance the rapper's band but busta rhymes makes an appearance on it and a bunch of other people donnie trumpet's a trumpet player he's got a big band sound and he's very talented on horn Mm -hmm. and chance the rapper's a rapper and they released this album for free actually earlier this year and it's a really good album. But Sunday Candy is sort of vying for the best song we've talked about. Right now it's sitting at What You Don't Do by Leon LaHavis two weeks ago, three weeks ago when you talked about that. Yeah. Um, but Sunday Candy, I should it's, listen to you more often. Uh, I don't know about that. I should listen to you occasionally because you, you that was like the first earworm and it was fantastic and I just like totally missed it. Yeah. And it's a great song. Yeah, it's really good. And I gave you, uh, I gave you Land in the Harvest too. So. Yeah, so um, I owe you. Both of those albums I've been listening to regularly for the past two months. Like up there with mm-hmm. Twenty One Pilots, which is we've talked about a lot, and that that stop. means something. <laughs> it's a problem. Wait, shh. I think they're coming back around. Okay, let's move a bit. She duck. passing by but uh what else i think that's most of the new music i've been yeah yeah okay we're good um i think that's most of the new music i've been listening to oh last night i actually listened to snoop dogs um 93 (laughs) way of the oh is way of the dog no it's doggy style that's the album i listened to um that's snoop dogg not much needs to be said. <laughs> Speaks for himself at this point. Very much so. Sure. Yeah, consistent artistry. Um, what else do we want? Apple Music Festival's coming up next two, three weeks from now. Yeah, and guess who's going to be there? 21, 21 Pilots. They're not even headlining, but that's who we're going to mention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, there's some other stuff going on. We'll, we'll cover it when it comes around. So, um, albums, I guess. Yeah, so there's a Swedish duo. They're actually twins. They're called Say Lulu. They used to be called Saint Lulu. So some of their earlier music is released under that name. And they have a new album out this year. It's called Lucid Dreaming. It was released worldwide in April of this year. And it'll be hopefully a good dip into that Dreamwave synth pop music. I don't know if we've covered a lot of that on this. I think Tim and Paula can kind of get his watercolors close to that. Yeah, but Tammy Paula was n- Currents, at least, was not very enjoyable for me. Uh, Barrett said it wasn't very good. 
Barrett's so, word is law right hopefully, now. Hopefully, say, what was it again? Lucid Dreaming by Say Lulu. Hopefully, Say Lulu's a bit better. Um, I'm going to give you the Chemical Brothers, and they've been around for a while. They're actually appearing at Apple Music Festival, and uh, they're kind of one of the first dance house, you know, trap, um, acid kind of groups from early, sure. like, 90s, possibly yeah, it, 80s. Yeah, I think formed in 89 or something. 89, yeah. Um, so they've got a new album out this year called Born in the Echoes, and okay. uh, listen to that to get ready for the festival. Born in the Echoes by the Chemical Brothers. Oh, no. Oh, God. I th- I think they found us. Oh, no. Shoot. All right. Well, stay tuned for next week's episode, people. What you hear is not a test. We're only here to make you. We're only here to make you. We're only here to make you. We're only here to make you go. So you gotta make it a time.